Testing, testing. Good morning. This is Ed again of Ed's Bookshelf. Glad to have you with us this Sunday morning. We are now in the month of March. Time is moving right along. Okay, today we continue with part two of Sometimes the Dreams Are Dismal. Again, it's a book that I wrote. This is part two. Yet the communities liked him. He would sometimes weave in them to those special journeys he would describe with such realism. They would gladly listen to him and wish for more than all they had. So they had given him the right to tell his stories without challenge. They all knew by some unspoken rule to never confront, belittle, or disparage sharp. They knew, too, that his stories were part of the fabric of the world they all shared, and each one must contribute in his own way to his own sanity. He called her Cree. It sounded different to her, unusual. Cree, he would say, let's get married. Let's see what we can do to help boost each other. The look on his face this time was stranger than she had seen before. His whitened face looked pale under the street light where they were standing. Small pimples were sitting on his nose. His eyebrows were bushy and yellow. Marriage ain't always the answer, Sharp, she would maintain. He slowly stood up and leaned against the street light. What is this I'm leaning against, Cree? The words came out ever so slowly. Looking up, she said, the street light. As if the question asked defied reason, much less the answer she had given. No, he said, it's not. It's all you are to me. When I'm with you, I feel that all is straight with me. My purpose is straight. My hope is firm, and my reason for wanting you for my wife is as strong as this street lamp. But you know what? It's more than that. The light it gives. That's what you are to me in truth. You blind everything else that would take my view. After a pause, he said, And you know, Cree, you provide the direction that I need to really end this darkness of being alone that I always feel when I am without you. She smiled slowly, looking at the ground as he spoke. She traced the figure of a heart in the dirt with the tip of her shoe in place of the arrow through its center. She had placed a question mark. In the spring, they were married. 
The wedding was simple. A Negro minister stood in front of them in her parents' house and uttered the solemn words, Do you take this woman to be? His voice drawn on in a kind of monotonous idiom that made her angry. Is this how it's supposed to be? Is this my wedding day? These thoughts raced through her mind as she stood anxious and saddened. Why can't this preacher pretend he wants this too? She wondered under her breath. Do you take this man? The dull voice continued. She looked quickly at Sharp without turning her head to see what he was doing. He was standing stiff and straight. The collar on his shirt was too stiff, giving it the appearance of a piece of cardboard. Who tried to iron his collar? She said softly. His face was proud. He looked as if he had found the greatest thing in the world. Her hand trembled, but his didn't. The minister, tired and looking awkward, fumbled a few more words and then said, Let us pray. They bowed their heads. While the prayer was being gnawed over, Sharp gripped her hand tightly, turned his head slightly towards her, and whispered softly, The light that blinds them all. She had wanted to say, I love you, more because it was customary than because she meant it. The words didn't come. Even custom couldn't provide the needed strength to say the words that for her evoked anxious thoughts of being unsure of all that was now happening. This is not what I thought, her mind reasoned. This is my escape, she told herself again and again. Then it was finally over. I now pronounce you and wife the minister finally said to the small gathering assembled for this event. Congratulations, said Pat, her baby sister. Yeah, the unblushing bride managed to acknowledge what was considered a good wish. Her father, Thomas, a huge albino man, yet burned by the sun's rays for years and with massive hands, came up to them and put one of his hands out. This my daughter first, she your wife second, is how he greeted Sharp. She thought to herself, he never seemed to care before now. Wonder why he cares so at this time. Her father looked at her as only he could do. He had a look that burned into your soul. Daughter, you know you always have a place with us, he promised. She embraced his large body. I know, Daddy, I know, she said softly to him. He turned to Shaw. Welcome to the family. The words flowed softly 
almost convincingly. Shaw, glad at the reception, responded, I'm proud to be your son-in-law, sir. Mr. Thomas looked at him with a blank expression. I said you're welcome to the family and turned and walked away. Those who attended the wedding started to eat. The food had been prepared simply, greens, corn on the cob, Brussels sprouts, mashed potatoes, cornbread, fried chicken, sliced tomatoes, and meatloaf. For dessert, there was a cake. The cake was wide and long. It had a border of white icing and a sprinkling of nuts. Someone had attempted to wish the newlyweds good luck and had spelled the word on the cake, good luck. And she stood looking around at her family, enjoying themselves. Her mother slowly came up to her and put her arms around her daughter's waist. It was a nice wedding, baby. Her mother's voice was faint. Yeah, it was okay, was her daughter's guarded reply. Are you happy? asked her mother. I'm happy right now, the answer surprised even her. Are you ready? Her mother asked her matter-of-factly. Can you ever be ready, Mama? She asked. Her mother took her daughter's hand and turned her child's head slowly towards her. A small tear in her daughter's eyes reflected the light from the ceiling bulb. Baby, strength comes from a place deep within us somewhere. You have that strength. Hard work has been your lot in life. You've looked at pain and called it a liar. This is your wedding day, not your funeral. This simple man loves you. He's being the kind of man that he is. It is a rare kind because all he sees is you. Love is being simple because he allows only the things near him to matter, not the things he can never be. Baby, find something to live for, whispered her mother in her ear. Then she kissed her softly and walked away. The words had sunk deep into Miss Larger's head, not her heart. Well, 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 Miss Cree, or should I say Miss Larger, her new husband said, smiling as wide as he could. Well, 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 Miss Larger, came her reply. End of part two.